such a big game coming up this weekend, but I'm also just as excited. What is going on, everyone? Welcome to the Rocky Top Times, where we talk about all things Tennessee Vols. My name is Sean. My name's Chase. Week two, <laughs> Hypo Era, game two, coming up this Saturday, 9-11, for the Johnny Majors Classic in Neyland Stadium at noon on ESPN. You know what to say about noon games. There can be a lot of upsets, which I guess in this case would be good for us. And, um, you know, a lot of times teams that aren't so great play at noon. But I'm hoping we flip the script. Uh, I hope we come out strong. I'm excited. So just give me your opening thoughts on this game against Pitt. Yeah, it would be an upset. I mean, considering most of the, you know, the spreads and the Vegas odds and everything has us around a three-point underdog in the game, even at home. Um, I think some places had us around a one or one-and-a-half-point underdog, but essentially nobody's picking us to win, so um, I guess it's just a, a good time to prove a lot of people wrong. They always say you you improve most from your first game to your second game, so if that's the case, then, I mean, I think both of these teams are very evenly matched, and, um you know, I think it's going to be a really good game coming down to the wire, at least I hope, and I think uh, hopefully we have a good chance to come out on top. Yeah, you know, I'm not just nervous because it's a Tennessee football game. Of course, I'm nervous for most any game, you know, given our history, especially our recent history. How can yeah. you blame me? But this is a huge – it's just a pivot in – I think it's huge as far as like a program changer. I think we have to win this game if we want to build some momentum, especially for the Hypo area. I think if you drop this game to Pitt, then I think it's going to really set us back or even just kind of keep it more stagnant as it is. So I think as far as moving forward, momentum standpoint, and for recruits to buy into Hypo and our current team to buy into Hypo, and as coaching staff, I think you have to win this game. I really do. If you don't, if you don't win against Pitt at home, then it's. I think we're in for a longer season than we all were hoping for initially. But yeah. both teams look very good. Uh, it's honestly hard to tell, you know, because both both of our first games were against very inferior opponents. So it's hard to tell if we or Pitt looked good against those teams at times or if we just look or if those teams are just that bad you know what I mean so yeah whew, what do you think man yeah I think I think going back and looking at both games the pit game against um UMass and then our game against Bowling Green I think Pitt actually looked better on tape just simply because they're they're more experienced um especially at quarterback I mean they have like a fifth year senior that started since he was a freshman or sophomore so he's played a lot of ball and um so, I mean, I think you, you, you would expect that to be um, something that they're, I don't know, he, he's just been in the system for a while. He knows exactly what they want to do. The coaches have a lot of trust in him. I mean, he's a good player, and, and we'll see we'll see what he does in the game. But um, for both of us, this is going to be a real test, especially them coming down here. I think this is like the third ever matchup against uh, Pittsburgh in, in uh, Tennessee's history. And I think they've actually won both of them, Pitt has. So, um yeah, it should be a, a really good game, and um, I'm really hoping that we'll see uh, the balls come out on top. Yeah, and what what's Vegas at right now? Or are we still a three point underdog? I think that's the last. Yeah, still last a three I point underdog, this. and the over under right now. So for those that don't really know this, like 
the over-unders and things like that. That's the total amount of points that they think that Pitt and Tennessee would score. Um, so that's the total number. Right now it's sitting around 57. Um, so they're thinking it's going to be, you know, not a very high-scoring game. Um, somewhere around both teams, around the 28, you know, 28-point mark. Um, so we'll see. And, um, you know, I think if it's a shootout, I think that we have a better chance at, mm-hmm. um, at winning that game just because I think we'll have more possessions. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just think that, you know, the 57 points is just going to be uh, – I think it's about right, but I think it'll be a little over, honestly. Yeah, it's it's just so hard to tell, man. There's so many. Yeah, I know. I know. Like, I, like I like I know we have one game under our belt, but I still feel like I mentioned before it's such a it's, it was against such a weak opponent. I still yep. don't know like who we are all the way. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I hope we can get some answers, some good ones, and uh, we'll go from there. But let's explain why this is called the Johnny Majors Classic. For those mm-hmm. of you that don't know, uh, I'll let you take the wheel on this one. Yeah, so Coach Majors, of course, he played at Tennessee for, you know, during his collegiate career. And then he, uh, I think he was, I forgot where he was the head coach prior to going to Pittsburgh, but he was the Pitt head coach from 1973 to 1976. Um, And he actually won a national championship there in 1976, right before taking the Tennessee job the very next year. So I think he's one of the only coaches, if not the only coach, to win a championship at a school and then leave the the following year to go to a new school. Um, so he has, you know, he has a decorated history at Pitt. He has um, uh, one, did a pretty good job here at Tennessee. Uh, won three SEC championships in 1985, 1989, and 1990. Um, so he started here in 1977, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he had. Uh, let's see. He had three top, three top ten finishes, and then he also had three other seasons as well in the top fifteen. So six seasons uh, in the top fifteen, and then uh, finished with a one hundred and sixteen and sixty two record at UT. Um, mm-hmm. Before he was essentially from from all accounts that he was kind of forced to resign at the end of the I think it was the nineteen ninety two season, um, mm-hmm. in which uh, Philip Fulmer took over uh, during that season. And then right after that, he actually went to back to Pitt. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, you know, that's a pretty good record. Because back back then, they didn't have, like, dynasties like you're seeing with Alabama now and stuff like that. You know, they they had good recruits that would spread it out and even the competition a little more. They weren't gray-shirting five-star recruits. So he had a really good coaching career for sure. And – he wasn't just he didn't just play at UT. I heard he was phenomenal at UT. I actually mm-hmm. heard he got uh, you know rigged from winning the Heisman, uh, you know, yeah. on, on his best year. So I wasn't alive back then, so I couldn't tell you. But <laughs> I was eleven, nineteen ninety eight. So we'll leave it at that, or ninety seven. So we'll leave it at that. But yeah, one hundred and sixteen and sixty two at UT is pretty good. And what is it with Tennessee just making coaches resign? Like that 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 Sounds didn't. Like- it all it all revolves around Philip Fulmer is what I'm what I'm gathering. <laughs> Gosh, yeah, it really does. And then, I mean, even at Florida State, like Bobby Bowden's last year, like he, I think he wanted to coach one more year, but they like forced him out. Yeah. So, and they they kind of had a hiccup of a year after Fisher left. But yeah, so, and then uh, I think um, 
Hypo actually has some history against Pitt as well. So when he was the head coach at Central Florida, he played against Pitt in 2018 and 2019. Mm-hmm. And um, I think you have in here that he lost most recently in 2019, 34 to 35. Golly, that just – why yeah, does it just sound like one. a heartbreaker waiting to happen this Saturday? Yeah. <laughs> but his most recent loss, 34 – 35 in uh, 2019, and then in 2018, he beat the living daylights out of him, 45 to 14. But, yeah. Whew, but hopefully, and I think I've, I was watching some of the press conference from Pitt's head coach, and during the game week, I, I tend to go to the other coaches to see what they have to say about Tennessee, and he was saying that, you know, it, he thinks it gives Pitt an advantage because they played against Hypo before. And uh, you could also use the same thing for us because, yep. you know, Hypo's familiar with that defense and that roster and stuff like that. So do you think it's a big advantage to have previous experience, even though it was with another school? You still kind of study for that team just with different players, yep. I guess. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I mean, it definitely does it hurt, especially in this case. You know, I think Hypo. I think we are actually the fastest offense, you know, running plays this past week in all of college football. I think we ran a play every 14 or 15 seconds, which is the fastest out of anybody. So, um, so I think, you know, unless you've played against that before, you really have no idea how quick it really is. Um, so with Pitt actually being able to, I don't know if, I don't know how many players are still on the team that would played them in 2018, 2019, but um, I know that there are a few, but hmm. either way, I do think it's going to be, you know, it definitely helps them in some ways. And then also they know kind of the offense, even though there is different players, of course, since he's at a different school. But, um, yeah, I think there's going to be a little bit of an advantage. Well, not really an advantage. I think it's going to be kind of a push just because, you know, Heupel's seen a lot of Pitt's offense, defense, pretty much the yeah. same coaches there. So, um if anything, it may be more of an advantage for Tennessee because, you know, we have all new players now so that they have to scout out all our players, see who, you know, who our playmakers are. Um, you know, there could be some things that he's doing now at Tennessee that he wasn't doing at UCF, but, um, yeah, but yeah. Yeah. I just, I think Hypel has an advantage here because you, you can't tell me central Florida has better athletes than Tennessee at this at this point so I think that the fact that he gets to prepare for Pitt with better players better roster and better debt I, I think that gives him an advantage and I I mean Pitt may be a good football team but you know I, I was watching some of their game and I, they really didn't have anybody that like really stood out on either mm-hmm. side of the ball you know it's just I don't know it's kind of like watching Tim Duncan play basketball like he was the most boring player to watch but he was so efficient and yep. he's like a hall of famer you know he just got the job done I feel like Pitt kind of just gets the job done they they know when to run it they know when to throw it their defense is pretty I thought their defense was just kind of average just based on what I saw you could give you know you can make a statement saying their defensive line is above average um, I wouldn't argue but I don't know, man. They just didn't seem that scary to me. And maybe I'm just, I don't know, maybe I'm just the sunshine pumper and I'm just, all I can think about is Tennessee beating them. But I'm trying to be realistic here. Just being a homer is what you are. Exactly. You know me. But, you know, I, I just, there was nothing that really stood out as like, man, we need to watch out for this guy. I think there was one receiver and maybe one tight end, if my memory yeah, the serves. Yeah, tight end's good. Yeah, it, but other than that, and their quarterback, 
you know, you could tell he was very comfortable because he's been there for like mm-hmm. six years or something. Yeah, so long time. But um, you know, but I mean, like they didn't have anybody on defense that really stood out to me. They didn't have, and and if you don't have any money on defense to go against Heupel's offense when all cylinders are clicking, then I, I think you're in trouble. But yep. what what do you? And back to your comment about running a lot of plays. I think Cade May said in an interview today that they ran like 80 plays or something like that. 94, that, I think. 94 in that game. So, And remember remember how many times we had the ball in the entire second quarter. Yeah. So <laughs> you pretty much had the ball three-fourths of a game and ran, you know, 94 plays or something like that. So that's just crazy to me. And yeah, I think you'll, I think they're going to wear this defense out. But mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Do, do you get the same impression as far as like when you, whenever you watch the pit game and kind of – Mm-hmm. We're scouting people to see, like, man, we need to mark up on this guy, or man, this guy's going to destroy us. What do you think? Yeah, so there's, I'm trying to figure out how to describe Pitt because Pitt can be, you know, if they had some some big time play, if they had a good, I don't want to say they have good running backs, they have a few good running backs, but they don't have anybody that's like a real big playmaker. They mm-hmm. have a quarterback who. Um, it seems like in big games, he, he doesn't really play that well. He usually has a lot less, um, I guess, stats. Stats-wise, he's not as efficient um, yeah. in bigger games. Receivers, they lost, I think, their top two wide receivers, but they still have – I think they have one that's really good. And then this uh, tight end that came in, he's huge. He's like 6'6", 260. Um, came from, he actually transferred in from Florida. So um sounds like he's a pretty promising pro prospect. So. He was their leading receiver in the in the UMass game, and I think he's going to be somebody that we're going to have to keep an eye on. Um, their quarterback, his name is Kenny Pickett. Like we were saying, he's very experienced. He, he can also make plays with his legs. So we're going to have to have some kind of some kind of like spy on the linebacker just to kind of keep him in and make sure he doesn't run the ball over all over us. Um, but as far as throwing the ball, I mean, he was. He was pretty efficient. He was 27 for 37 for 272 yards with two touchdowns. I know that sounds like a really, really good line, and, I mean, it's good stats, but, um, you know, his touchdowns, they were, you know, a little five-yard screen pass and then uh, or a little out route on the five-yard line, and then he threw a little screen pass behind the line of scrimmage, um, and his receiver ran it in from 15 yards. So they don't really push the ball down the field that much. They just kind of, they're more of like a, I don't want to say he's a game manager, but he's more of a, he's not willing to take a lot of chances, um, but he has the arm to do it. So, I mean, he can hurt you if, if you, uh, if the defense kind of slacks a little bit, but um, yeah, I mean, he just doesn't really, they don't have anybody on that offense that just like, you know, you really, really need to look out for this guy. He's really going to hurt you. Um, you know, if they had one of those guys, I think this, this game would be more lopsided towards Pitt, um, as they could they could really make some noise on offense. Yeah, I just I don't know, man. I, I, it's just so hard to tell. I keep repeating it, and I'm trying not to. But you know, UMass and Bowling Green, it's just really hard to tell. I will say this: after this game, we are going to get a much better picture of what our team and what Pitt is yep. capable of doing moving forward. So this is just – this is probably the most promising measuring stick for the season. And another reason why it's that much more important, you know, we got to figure out where we're at. I hope we beat Pitt. I really do. I, I hope we beat them by two touchdowns more. But 
it's just I think it'll come down to the wire. It's uh, I'm getting nervous just thinking about it again. <laughs> so, but Kenny Pickett and uh, did you go over their offensive line as well? I think you. No, I didn't really. Um, I didn't really mention their offensive their offensive line. Um, I know in the last few years they've really really struggled running the ball. So, um, mm-hmm. on top of that, they don't have a. They have quite a few running backs, like I was saying just a little bit ago. They have like three or four rec- or uh, running backs that they'll rotate in. But one of them, you know, one doesn't look any better than the other one. They all just kind of look average. Um, none of them really had eye-popping stats. I think the most they had was like, you know, 40 or 50 yards maybe um, yeah. each in the game, if that. So um, I know on the offensive line they've struggled quite a bit. Um, running the ball, I think they've been one of the worst teams in the ACC in the last few years running the ball. So that's that's kind of a, an advantage towards us because I think our our defensive line has actually been you know playing really really well uh, from what we've heard. And then last game they played really well. So hey, if we can Rodney Gardner, oh, I know, yeah, Rodney I mean, Gardner effect. <laughs> yeah, if we can stop the run and kind of make them one dimensional, I think um, you know I think we'll have a, a definitely an advantage and. You know, of course, stopping their offense leads to less points. So, um, mm-hmm. anything we can do to gain an advantage on on when they're on offense, I think that's going to be the key because I think we're going to score some points. That so, my favorite thing about this defensive line group, you know, they're not the most talented. They don't have, you know, I don't even think they have any five stars on there. But you know, they played was so much energy against Bowling Green. And mm. that's really, as a fan, that's all you can ask for. You know what I mean? Just, I, I loved it. I, I mean, every time they batted a ball down, they were chasing it down. They knew it was like a dead ball. Yeah. But, they, you know, they, they were just running after it, picking it up. It's, I don't know, just little things like that, in my opinion, can change momentum a lot for those players. So yeah. it was really cool to see that energy. And I don't know what Rodney Gardner's doing, but give that man a raise yeah, quick. So he, they, they were looking awesome. I haven't seen that defensive line play that energetic probably since like, uh, probably since like the Virginia Tech game uh, in the Battle of Bristol when Shots mm-hmm. Huddle had a big game, you know, yeah. <laughs> and that that was a while ago. But it was a long yeah, time ago. Feels I, like I really, it was man. It was like six years ago. <laughs> but I'm excited for this team. You know, I'm, I'm excited for that position group to really take advantage and you know just get to that quarterback if they can disrupt this quarterback who's you know so experienced i think that would help set the tone a lot especially mm-hmm. before conference play so that would be huge yeah and, i was um yeah go, go ahead. ahead i was reading some um some articles about Pitt in regards to kind of like what kind of offenses they like to run and mm-hmm. uh someone that covers Pitt was saying that they um, Pitt is a more of a run first offense with a, a quarterback that's not doesn't really push the ball down the field very much. So I think that that kind of works in our favor. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if they can just keep trying to run the ball and they just can't, then um, I think that that's only going to put more pressure on Pickett to to try to make big plays and hopefully make some uh, mistakes. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I hope we can if we can just stop that run uh, yeah. and just limit him to passing and golly whatever ritual theo jackson did on thursday night make yeah, him do to, it again he was eat them skittles. all over the place yes was that what it was no, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Calvin Kamara. he has airheads every time for during during games before games golly yeah give him whatever he asked for but he was all over the place so 
Um, so Tennessee, we got possible bad news. Uh, Tion Evans, who's mm-hmm. one of the best running backs and players on our offense and team, he is possibly out, and they think it might be due to COVID. They, I think he has to get what like two negative tests or something like that due to contract. T- well, we don't tracings. we don't officially know why he could be out. Everybody's speculating on mm-hmm. the COVID situation, um, and then nobody, of course, knows his vaccination status or anything like that. So there's different vac there's different protocols based if you're if you're vaccinated, if you have symptoms, if you don't have symptoms, or if you're unvaccinated. There's like a whole other set of parameters whether you can play, you know, in the coming days. So. As of right now, it would be all speculation on, on whether he would be back on Saturday or if COVID is even a part of this at all. So, um, yeah. but yeah, it's, that would be a huge hit. I think, you know, the next man up would be Jalen Wright. Of course, Jabari Small would be number one. And then um, Jalen Wright would step up to the number two guy. Yeah. And, you know, it's not, nothing's confirmed, but I think if it was like an injury, I don't think they would hide that from us. Yeah, and uh, you know, I don't, I don't think it was, I don't think he got in trouble. So we'll, yeah. we'll see. Time will tell. But it, it's looking a lot like possible COVID. But yeah, nothing set in stone. And also, uh, Byron Young's status is still yet again unknown due to we're still waiting on the appeal from the NCAA, I believe. So yeah, um, if you have Twitter hashtag free by because it, it worked with Cade Mays. Yeah, him and Aubrey Solomon. Ago. Remember when Solomon was coming in from Michigan? Oh, man. It took, yeah, him, a took, few, it took him forever. Of course, Cade was out the first game last year, and he finally got, you know, freed. Yeah, after like half the season. Yeah, they they just need to say that this kid plays for Georgia or Alabama, and he'd yeah. get an answer, you know, within minutes. That's really what it is. So, yeah. Are you so are you going to the game? Saturday? I am. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, make some noise because everybody on social media, uh, you know, yeah. all around, we're we're close to the Knoxville area, but everybody is trying to get this thing sold out, and not just sold out, but sold out for Vol fans. So. There, um, you said there's still some seats left, right? Yeah. So we got, it's going around Twitter. I know that there's the, uh, the reason why this is becoming such a big deal right now is because the Pitt's coach had his press conference and was saying that he doesn't think that the, um, the crowd noise is going to be a factor. He thinks that of course it's going to be, he said it's going to be loud. He thinks, but his players are used to it and it's not going to be a problem. So after that, I think all of Vol Nation decided that that was an insult, so they're trying to sell out. But I think there's, unfortunately, there's still quite a few seats left on allvols.com, so you can go on there and get your tickets. Um, and hopefully we can get it, you know. I'm not expecting a sellout. I think, you know, if we can get ninety to 95000 in there, I think that that would be awesome. I think, you know, 95000 can make some noise. Yeah, I, I think, honestly, it was really loud you know, on Thursday. Yeah. Know, well, the um, student section, the, you know, the thing that's been, been terrible about the, the seasons prior is I feel like there's been no students there. Uh, mm-hmm. So that section over there next to the band always looks so dead and it just looked like there was nobody ever there. Uh, but with the student yeah. section, of course, they're the ones that are always the loudest. Um, well, you know why? Cause our offense is actually looking entertaining and yeah. scoring points. And you know, after yeah. a few drinks, you want to score some points yeah. if you're a college student at Tennessee. Yeah. So, yeah, so. absolutely. Well, 
Um, I'm excited to see, you know, how many people are going to be there. I think regardless, I think it's going to be very loud, especially yeah, for a noon so game. So, yeah, uh, I'm excited about that. So what's what do you think is the most important thing from last game to this game? Uh, I think we all know the answer, but in your opinion, what do you think needs to be the biggest change for us to get out of here with a W? The biggest change from game one? I'd say biggest change or biggest thing we need to improve on. What do you, the biggest takeaway that we need? Well, I think that no matter, I think, of course, Milton, of course, his, I guess his accuracy, his, um, uh, timing. Yeah. Timing. There's, there's a few different things that I feel like he can improve on and in which I, I feel like he will naturally just, just getting game reps in. Um, and continuing to learn the offense and getting in rhythm with his with his wide receivers, but you know, I'm honestly I'm not that worried about Milton. I think that Heupel knows. I mean, he's considered one of the better you know quarterback coaches, and if he feels like Milton's not the guy after you know a game or you know a game and a half, and he wants to switch quarterbacks, I feel like he'll knows knows what's best for the team uh, in mm-hmm. regards to that position. So I'm not really worried about. Milton, I think he's going to make better decisions this game. Um, I think he's going to get more of a look on defense that he's used to rather than, you know, them dropping seven, six, seven, eight guys in coverage. He's going to mm-hmm. be able to, you know, find his spots and then and, and scramble if he needs to. And I think he's going to have some success with that. Um, but I think all the people that are expecting, you know, the 400 yards, five touchdowns and whatever – all that kind of stuff. That's just really not going to happen every game. And I'm sure he may have a game like that, you know, every once in a while. But um, other than that, I feel like something that's going to be really important is our linebackers for this game. Um, Yes. You know, keeping Kenny Pickett from running the ball. And then also since they're not a a team that can stretch the ball really down the field or they don't necessarily want to all the time, um, covering the middle of the field and and being able to – you know, create some turnovers on defense. Um, I think that that's going to be the key in the game is getting some turnovers. Yeah, and I don't, I don't mean to sound like Captain Obvious, but, yeah, I think Milton is definitely going to play better. I think you're going to see a completely different confidence. I think he's going to hit some of those deep balls that he throws, and I, I think you're going to see why Heupel continues to stick with him and mm-hmm. you know he, he's just got so much natural talent he's got he's just a natural athlete he's got great size he's got great speed for his size so I, I think Milton's going to deliver and show up big time against Pitt so mm-hmm. and uh, and if he doesn't then you know next man up so <laughs> yep. but I, I think he's going to do very well and one thing I noticed about Kenny Pickett their quarterback he whenever he does run he slides really quick like really fat like he's it looks like he's gonna take another three steps but then he just slides immediately so I think our defense has to be careful with you know a late hit on the quarterback you know I know it's frustrating when they're running and you know it's if all the defensive players talk about how frustrating how frustrated they are with the quarterback because you know they feel like everybody's protecting the quarterback and there's a lot of penalties that can go against you with that. So as long as they can keep their composure with that, whenever he picks up a third, if they pick up a third down with him scrambling and don't try and get a late hit because they're frustrated, I, th- I think that would go a long way. But I mean, golly, like a late hit, especially on a quarterback, it's like that's an automatic 15 yards, mm-hmm. you know, first down. So th- th- those can just kill you. But yeah, composure on defense and patience. Honestly, 
if our defense plays like they did Thursday, I think we win this game. And that's including the second quarter whenever they didn't look so hot. So I, I think they'll be able to do that. Yeah, I think if our defense plays up to their uh... – you know, I don't know this defense's full potential. I think that they have a good shot of being middle of the pack SEC, which is not bad, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if they play up to their potential here and they don't do any, you know, dumb mistakes, like I don't feel like Pitt can score more than 24, 27, 28 points mm-hmm. um, or anything like that. So I feel like, you know, if that's the case, then, you know, that gives us a great chance to win. I think we're, you know, even with a terrible – offense we barely had the ball in the second quarter last time we essentially didn't complete another pass until the fourth quarter from the first quarter so mm-hmm. um and we still still scored 38 points you know albeit it was bowling green but um still uh, i still think we have a good shot if our offense is clicking a little bit then then i think we'll have some success coach hypo i feel like may be in the dilemma because this is such a program you know, statement and a coaching staff statement. So he may just, you know, try and put as many points as he can on the board if he gets up, you know, a couple scores mm-hmm. and just try and make a statement. But at the same time, you don't want to give away, you know, your playbook when, and, you know, it's the second game of the season. And, you know, technically, yes, Pitt's a huge game for everybody for the program, but it's, you know, they're not in the SEC. It's not a conference win or loss. But, yeah. Yeah, it, he may be in a dilemma there facing both of those. Yeah, I, I, I can see this one being a, he'll have more of a creative mind in this one where he'll throw out some more plays because, you know, honestly, this is one of our, besides, you know, our normal big three games that we always have, Georgia, Florida, Alabama, um, this year I think, you know, Kentucky's on the rise, so I think that they're going to be a pretty tough game. You know, this is one of the games that can really get us over that over the hump, essentially, um, to get us past that six and six mark, which I think we can get to. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if we can get to seven and five, I think this is a critical game for us to to really get over that to where everybody can really see that. You know, this not only is this offense working, but the defense is really progressing. Um, that the coaching staff is you know developing players and and really you know, getting those younger guys ready to play and um, just a complete turnaround. I think, you know, seven to five, I would say, is a pretty dang good turnaround from from a year ago. Uh, Yeah, after three wins. I know it was all conference, but, yeah, I would take seven and five all day because I I think we before the season, I can't even remember our preseason predictions. I can't – I have a (laughs) terrible memory. But, you know, I think I had something like seven and five as like our ceiling, you know. And, uh, but I expected, you know, six and six, something like that. So, yeah, but yeah and that includes this win. I, I don't think either one of us, you know, expects us to lose to Pitt. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we lost, but, you know, I expect Tennessee to win most time, most of the time that they take the field <laughs> until they enter SEC play. <laughs> but, until they, until they take, we, until they take the field, we don't expect them to lose. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it, it's strange whenever Bowling Green, and I mentioned this in the last episode, but whenever Bowling Green kind of had a little bit of life to him before the half in that second quarter, the adjustments made on defense was amazing and something new as a Vol fan. So yeah. if if Pitt gets off to a hot start or if they have any type of momentum, yeah, I'm going to be mad. I'm going to be screaming at my TV. But at the same time, I'm going to – have some confidence, you know, in our coaching staff to make those adjustments, you know, um, 
Do you think that's fair to say, or is that just wishful thinking? Yeah, I think, you know, teams are going to move the ball. No matter what the team is, no matter who the offense is, most teams are going to move the ball. And, you know, more times than not, teams score touchdowns. So mm-hmm. um, yep. the fact that in the second quarter, whenever they had that long drive and, and we were, I mean, they were moving the ball relatively decently, whether that's, you know, those little short passes that they really did or that one breakout play that they had on that wheel route. Um, that was really the only long play that they had. So, you know, I think as long as you're going to give up some plays, as long as you don't continue to give up those plays, as long as you can, you know, stop them whenever the uh, momentum's was essentially changing over to, to Bowling Green somehow. Um, <laughs> I think as long as you can make adjustments to where you can stop that, then, then I mean, everything's going to be okay because, you know, anybody that thinks that they're going to, you know, throw shutouts every time is just uh, not realistic. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, every team in the NCAA is going to score a touchdown unless you're Vanderbilt. Let's just yeah. get that out of the, out of the way. But yeah, that's rough yeah, I, whew, yeah. He, they got beat by a directional school, so that's that's very bad. So, <laughs> but what what do you think our defense? What do you want to see out of our defense on Saturday? Because as we mentioned before, they got a decent running back, uh, a couple backs, I think you said, and then Kenny Pickett can run and scramble. So do you do you want to see our linebackers? step up and help cover those gaps to help the v- defensive line out? Uh, do you want to see Byron Young get approved and have like 12 sacks? You know, what, what do you expect? All of the Are, above. <laughs> exactly. What do, what do you think, what do you want to see out of our defense that would really excite you for this game? Well, I think that the defensive line, I think that we're going to have some success on the defensive line. I, I mean, I think that that's, I think that that's going to happen. So um, mm. linebackers, you know, I do want to see that they are, you know, they're able to, you know, fill the gaps and stop the run a little bit. Um, but I think that the one of the other major keys is, you know, just being able to cover the receivers. So if, you know, if, if the run game's not working out for them, they're going to go the passing game. And, um, you know, if our defensive backs are not up to the task, then, I mean, it's going to be a long day for them as well. Because um, Kenny Pickett, whether he wants to throw it downfield and, you know, make big plays, I'm sure he does, but that's just really not their DNA. Um, mm. But he can do it. Um, so I think that we'll definitely need to be on the lookout for that. You know, Amari, or not Amari, but Awante Taylor's going to have to play well, and Burrell is going to have to play well, or safeties. Um, Theo Jackson, of course. Yeah, and you know, I saw a lot whenever I turn on the pit game. Not the game, but there's like a shortened version on YouTube that I watched. I'm not watching a whole ACC game, so yeah. forget that. But Whenever, whenever I was watching it, the first few plays that they were doing, really the first few drives that they got, they did a lot of screen passes. Yeah. And um, our defense stopped that big time mm-hmm. against Bowling Green. So, and, and one player in particular was Alante Taylor. He had a really good hit you know, on the near sideline whenever they tried to do that. So I expect Alante Taylor to have a big game. I think our secondary is going to look good. Uh, I don't think Theo Jackson's going to have as good a game just because he played lights out Thursday. Yeah. I, I would, I hope he proves me wrong. I hope he does that every game. But, uh, you know, I, I think he'll be good. And I honestly, I think Tyler Barron is going to have a really good game. Um, I was listening to, you know, he did an interview with uh, Austin Price and all of them and Jason Swain. And 
he was just talking about how they asked him, you know, what did you like about your game and stuff? And he's like, he kind of just, long story short, he's just like, I don't really like very much of it. I could have done a lot better here, a lot better there. That kid is hungry, and he loves UT. So I think he's going to try and prove something on Saturday. And if Byron Young, man, if he, if he gets approved and gets yeah. appealed and plays, that that's huge because we've heard nothing but great things about him in the offseason, all season or all offseason long. So I think – if, if he gets appealed and gets to play, that would be huge. And I expect our linebackers to have all kinds of different packages, and I think they're going to try and blitz that quarterback. I think they're going to try and make it look yeah. like it's in disguise and go at him at the right time. And on third down, I don't, if it's like third and long, they're not going to sit back. I, I think they're going to try whatever they can to try and get pressure on him and make him uncomfortable because I'm not a coach, but – if you want to make a senior quarterback uncomfortable on the road against the under K, that's that's not going to have a lot of success for them. So, yeah, yeah hopefully they can live up to that. Yeah, that's one of the things I noticed um, whenever I rewatched the Tennessee game was we didn't bring a lot of pressure from the linebackers. We didn't blitz a whole lot, um, mm-hmm. you know, from the from the corners or safeties or anything like that. And you know, a lot of people have mentioned that they they didn't see us being very we were aggressive while the play was going, but like our, our packages and um, blitz packages and things like that was not very aggressive. And I think a lot of people kind of took notice to that, which I think that will change um, coming yep. into this game. Um, but it's kind of, you know, it's Tim Banks first time ever calling plays on the defensive end. So, I mean, this could be the way that he wants to call it. And I mean, obviously, I mean, it worked. So, um, yep. so I don't, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out kind of what, what the plan is on defense, but, you know, whatever it is, I think it's going to be okay. And, you know, honestly, I'm just not really that worried about their run game. Um, mm-hmm. If they come out and they run the ball really well, then I think it's going to be it's going to be a tough one for us to win just because I think they're going to be able to keep the ball for a while. Um, and then our possessions yeah. are going to you – know, they're going to really matter since we're going to be moving so fast. So, um, yeah. But, yeah, I think defensive-wise, I think we can have some success. I think we can get in the backfield – if we can stop them from scrambling, kind of keep our lanes and, and make them run inside rather than run outside, then um, I think we'll have some some good uh, some good plays back in the backfield. Yeah, and you mentioned you know the defensive ends and the linebackers they didn't blitz a lot, but I know it's Bowling Green, but our defensive line yeah. was moving people, and you know if they're doing their job and overpowering that line. You don't need anything fancy. You just yeah. you just let them line up and run through them. So and that could have been yeah. why they didn't blitz that much. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so you didn't I, need I'm them. hoping, and I'm hoping that defensive line brings that same type of energy. You know, I, I, I I'm, ex- I don't know. God, I'm so nervous. Everything's so indecisive, <laughs> and uh, I, I think I'll, we'll get to our predictions later. I'm jumping ahead of myself, so. So what do you think of, since we're on the subject of defensive line, did you see anything from Pitt's defensive line at all that, you know, had us worried about our run game or pass protection or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, they they looked good. Um, I thought from the tape, I don't know if it was just, you know, the the angle at which they were on, but they just look, the defensive line looked small to me. Their (laughs) linebackers look small. Called out. You know, I don't know if, if if it's true, then I think we'll have an advantage because, I mean, we have a big big offensive line who actually moves pretty well. Um, yeah. So, I mean, if that's the case, I mean, I looked up their height and weights. I mean, they were, 
you know, normal size for a defensive line. Maybe slightly smaller, um, at least not as big as ours, but we have a really big defensive line too with, you know, of course, Elijah Simmons is six foot, 350 pounds. But a lot of their, you know, their D linemen ran in like the 260 range, which is kind of small, Um, 270 maybe. They didn't really have any, you know, big boys on there. Um, But their their defensive line, I mean, they had five sacks. They had only – so we had 11 tackles for loss. I think we only had like one or two sacks. But they had six tackles for loss and five sacks. Um, So, of course, the tackle for loss, five of those – five of those six were um, sacks. And then they had one other tackle for loss. So that's one thing that I think, obviously, they're they're decent at pass rush. But, um, you know, stopping the run, I think that they, they did pretty well there too. But UMass is worse than Bowling Green, honestly. Um, yeah. And then their quarterback literally couldn't throw the ball. Like he was really bad at throwing the ball. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's hard to kind of get a gauge on it. And uh, they didn't really score. They didn't score a touchdown until the fourth quarter. Um, so it's kind of hard to, to gauge it. But, you know, I think that they're, you know, they're probably around the same as us on defense, maybe. Like, honestly, these teams are just so evenly matched. It's 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 honestly really hard to, to judge. I feel like Tennessee should have better athletes, though. You know what I mean? Like, I don't remember Pitt having – yeah, I don't remember any good four-star recruits going to Pitt. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, I know they might have some transfers, but I feel like overall UT should have a more athletic roster. But maybe that's just me being. We should, but we had how many five stars last year? And we won three games. True. Yeah. True. We also had you know, Forrest Gump back there coaching. So <laughs> who knows? I saw an article today. I forgot who did. I think it was the Athletic. They named like the top ten worst um, coaching hires, and I don't know how long, but nine of uh, them were Tennessee's. Pr- Pruitt was number four. <laughs> oh gosh, I, I will say this about Pruitt: he may have been handing out McDonald's bags, but he knew how to recruit. So well, that's <laughs> only why problem because is, of the McDonald's bags. <laughs> exactly. So only problem, but even when he got him on campus, you know we we couldn't even beat Georgia State. So. Yep. What good's that gonna do? So anyway, uh, going down memory lane here, a terrible memory lane. So <laughs> the defensive nightmare, line, nightmare lane. <laughs> yeah, the defensive line um, didn't look anything special from Pitt. They look small. I think that um, their the defensive line I think is their best um, unit on the defense. I think their linebackers look good, okay to good. Their defensive backs I thought they were okay at best, honestly. So I think we could have some success throwing it, but I mean, they're they're overall they're they're good. Uh, there's nobody on there that really stands out. They're all just good. And I didn't see, you know, uh, again it's UMass, but I didn't get to see their cornerbacks or safeties do anything. So yeah, I don't think I don't think like UMass I said, threw it. Yeah, they didn't throw, so it was tough to watch. Yeah, yeah. So well. Another thing we have to do for these extremely close toss-up games, we have to take care of the football. We cannot yeah. turn it over. Uh, if Milton is indecisive, that's fine. Just don't turn the dang ball over. Like, just hold yeah. it up to your chest. You know what to do. And he, it, we cannot. If he turns that ball over like he did against 
you know, Bowling Green, that could result in a loss. So, mm-hmm. and if you thought a lot of the fan base was angry now, just wait until you turn the ball over and then you lose by a field goal or something. Yep. So, uh, definitely, we have to be, we have to win the turnover margin. Margin and on the flip side of that, we have to, we have to create some turnovers. You know, we have to have our. Mm-hmm. I think our defense has to create some turnovers. This guy throws it a lot, I think, and he runs it a lot. So, uh, he, like I said, he's a quick slider. I don't think you're going to get this dude to fumble unless you just blindside him. But you know, our, our linebackers and our cornerbacks, safeties, they got to try and come up with a pick or something if he throws yeah. it to that tight end or receiver. But we're trying again, to get that goes some back. kind of special teams touchdown or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, awesome. uh, yeah. I would love for Vila Jones to you know prove me wrong and run one back like evan barry you know at the kickoff so but yeah so do you think i think if we turn the ball over once i don't see us winning this game well i think it depends on you know if we we get any turnover if if we get any turnovers um then maybe um i think it's going to be a pretty close game the whole entire way through uh Mm -hmm. special teams is going to be big if we're able to get in some field goal range and you know, kick some field goals, then we got to be able to hit those. Um, you know, if they drive down the field and, you know, are in the red zone, can we stop them in the red zone and make them kick field goals instead of getting touchdowns? Yeah, it's going to be huge. I'm going to be so nervous this entire game. Oh, yeah, I know. So nervous. I won't. I, uh, I think I al- I al- alcohol sales, I think they're uh, for the uh, Johnny Majors Classic, I think they're doing 50% off. Alcohol at, at noon. Yeah, at noon. Hey, you can't drink people, all day if you don't start in the morning. People, you need your liver to live. Don't do this to yourselves. Oh, fifty percent off. Them oh, tall boys. Good. It's noon o'clock, people. Do you really want to be hung over at like eight? Come on. Yeah. Now. Oh, Especially if we but, lose. Yeah, I do. Oh yeah, maybe maybe back <laughs> in the college days. But man, I, I think. Uh, yeah, you're right. I guess I should have said, you know, if we win the turnover margin. But if we're if we're under the turnover margin, even by one, I don't I don't see us coming back from that. This is just going to be too close of a game, in my opinion. So, yeah. how uh, do you think? In my opinion, one reason that kind of gives me the edge in a way is the home field advantage, especially mm-hmm. since Pitt's coach kind of pissed off all of Vol Nation, which is it's a no no. It is his fault. It is his fault. He should never have a right to to speech. Forget that. So, but um, do do you think that's a huge advantage? Little advantage? Do you think it could work against Tennessee if we kind of do something that makes Vol Nation mad? Because we've seen them boo at our own players before, yeah. you know. <laughs> so well, they, they I boo guess Joe Milton going into halftime. Last game. I know. God, Vol Nation! I love birds. you. And, I love you and hate you at the same time. I so. know they're so bad. <laughs> what what do you, what do you think? Do you think home field advantage means anything anymore in 2021 for us Vol fans? Since we've just, I feel like we've just had it up to here with with our football program. Yeah, I mean, I think it, I think it can definitely help. I I, I I I keep going back to the South Carolina game in 2019. Whenever I was there, um, yeah, you know the Great there was game. just so much hype in that game when there was you know the referee was trying to make a call and they. They were going over the loudspeaker, but you couldn't even hear what he was saying on the loudspeaker. They just sat there and stared at the press box for, you know, 30 seconds. And they're like, well, we can't hear you. We can't really do anything. So they, and then the crowd just kept getting louder because they knew that the, you know, that the people couldn't hear. And it was just, 
I mean, I think that that definitely kind of gets in people's heads. That gets the the other team talking. Um, you know, it kind of changes up their snap counts. Um, sometimes they have to go into you know the silent snap counts, and you know it could mess some people up. You know, overall, I, I mean, I'm a believer in um, in momentum and, and things like that. I think you know you have positive, you know, momentum and, and crowd and, and things like that. I think. Um, I think it can really help out and it can really hurt the opposing team. Yeah, that was probably one of the dumbest questions I've ever asked. Of course, home field advantage is huge, and it's even more huge when you're in Neyland Stadium when we have the most loyal fan base. I mean, (laughs) the fact that people are still going to these games after what our football program has been through, you know, you got to be the most loyal fan base. I saw a stat the other day. Oh, my gosh. It said, um, like, top ten most fan bases that are bandwagons. And Tennessee was on there at, like, ten. And whoever whoever posted that was getting blown up with comments saying, who in their right mind would bandwagon to be a Tennessee ball fan just because of all the ridiculousness that's been happening and all the bad luck that's been happening. So, yeah, that's stupid. Yeah, nobody would ever hop on the Tennessee bandwagon. I never, I've, I've never met a bandwagon Tennessee fan in my life. No, because there aren't any. Yeah, if, if you guys have the choice to not be born in Tennessee, take advantage of that. <laughs> yeah. Kidding, but yeah, yeah. So, any? Do you have like any X factors, like, or any position matchups that you want to see? Like, do you think, you know, like our offensive? I I think the battle of the trenches is going to be. Yeah, a good that's one, what I was going to say. Yeah, so yeah, our, I think our that offense going to be huge. Yeah, so our offensive line versus their defensive line is going to be big. And, and I honestly vice versa think – as well. Yep. And I honestly think our offensive line is going to do well against this defensive line. Um, yeah. I think Cade Mays is going to do good. Do we have any news on Cooper? Do you know if he's back yet? You know, in uh, in Heupel's press conference, he was saying that, that Cooper was at the facility. He, he didn't say one way or the other, but he said that he sounds like he's going to be able to play. He said that they're going to – continue to monitor throughout the week but it sounded like he was going to be good to go yeah that usually means he's like day-to-day or something like that yeah it usually game. means he's good and he just doesn't want to say <laughs> game time decision yeah but yeah but i think cooper's gonna do real well uh jerome carver i think he's gonna carver, do really yeah. well yeah carvin spraggins and you got darnell Wright. yeah i think that they're... Yep. darnell Wright played pretty well i was surprised moving over to left tackle i was kind of worried yeah, and wasn't Ollie Lane? Didn't he get in there and he did some good things? Yeah, he Carvin moved over to center once Cooper went out, and then Ollie Lane, which was really surprising. I thought that they would yeah. move. Um, you know that Dane Davis guy that they were really high on. I thought they would move Cade inside to guard and then put him at right tackle, but that did not happen. Yeah, yeah, and then I, I think our defensive line, like I said, if our defensive line plays like they did on Thursday, I think it's going to be huge. Game. Yeah. Yeah, that's we we need them to step up. We need them to have that intensity and energy. And man, Elijah Simmons running through double teams like nothing. Yeah. So uh, that that that's huge for us. So, well, did you want to get into predictions? Oh man, uh, yeah, <laughs> I guess. You know, I have a I have a score written down here, and I just I keep changing it in my mind. Um. I think that's going to be a little more high scoring than what it's showing. Um, 
the you know like we were saying earlier the over under was like 57 points i'm gonna pick tennessee to win just because i'm homer you know what i mean but uh <laughs> 34 to uh i have 28 but i think it's gonna be like 34 31 34 31 yeah okay i could see that uh i know i've probably seemed like a homer on this episode saying you know i'm not that impressed with Pitt. uh they there's no big players that stand out to me um if milton struggles a little bit like like a little bit not even a lot if he struggles a little bit uh, tennessee's not going to win this game yeah so he has to make a bunch of changes he has to do it in a hurry uh my brain is telling me Pitt is going to win this game, but I also have a heart. And a gut. I'm a homer. Gut feeling. I have, my gut's also telling me Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> my brain and my gut are telling me Pitt. I'm going to I'm gonna pick the Vols. Uh, you know, I just... Honestly, it's because of home field advantage. If this game was at Pitt, I think we lose this game. I don't know, because Pitt um, had 40,000 people in their stands. <laughs> Oh, I don't wow. think it makes any so, difference with them. I, yeah. I think I think Pitt's going to win this game, but I'm going to pick the Vols just because <laughs> my heart's telling me Vols. So it does, I hope this. I'm probably confusing all of our listeners. So you confused me, and I thought you. Had I'm going to. I'm just. I'm just going to give a prediction, and then I'll do my stupid elaboration after. 34-24, big orange. I think they get it done. I think Milton plays much better i think a lot of our wide receivers catch those drop balls that they miss if these wide receivers catch you know one of those balls last week there'd be a lot more people being quiet about milton jimmy callaway's coming back too so that could be big yes and for those of you that don't know about jimmy callaway this dude is lightning fast and i think cody burns said in one of his press conferences or an interview somebody but he said that jimmy callaway is their most talented receiver so the fact that he's coming back and, you know, the pit didn't have any tape on him or anything, that's huge. And Velas Jones actually had a quiet night, too. You know, he's he, been dealing he really with a hamstring was... injury. Is he? Okay. That, he that has makes been more sense. For like he the last okay. week or two of camp and then going to the first week. So hopefully yeah. he's healing. Yeah. But I, honestly, like, I, I'm saying 34 24 Vols, but I would not be surprised at all if Pitt wins this game and comes out on top. We we are still young in a lot of position groups. Uh, we, there's a lot of uncertainty everywhere, um, yeah. especially at quarterback. So, like I said, Milton's going to have to get a lot better in a hurry. And th- there's a little bit of hope. And I mentioned it in the last episode, but Heibel said the way that our offense executed in most of that game was the worst he's seen them execute the entire time since he's been here. Mm -hmm. So that is extremely encouraging to me. Uh, Hopefully it's not one of those things where Jarek Garantano is just really good at practice and just as awful (laughs) in the games. But, you know, I I have faith in the hypo. I have faith in this coaching staff. Those first two scores by Tennessee's offense, uh, I was pumped. I was texting Chase. Mm -hmm. I, I, I was really excited. And, I don't know. We sent out a tweet saying, you know, who loves this offense? I, I was in love with it. And the, the goal is to get that the entire game, you know, not just a couple touchdowns. If you can and get that can, half the time, you're yes. rolling. Yes. 
and I, and I don't think Heupel's ever scored, like, less than 30 points. I mean, I know records are meant to be broken, but I don't think that's going to happen against Pitt. But I'm saying 34-24 Vols, but if <laughs> – if I check the score, I might not even watch this game, dude. I'm going to be so nervous. I'm just going to have to like have Chase just narrate it for me. But uh, if I'm not watching the game because I'm, you know, scared and terrified and I look down and I see Pitts ahead by a few scores, I, I wouldn't be surprised. But I'm just going to say 34-24 Vols. Tennessee needs this more than Pitt needs it, honestly. So uh, it's kind of a win-win for Pitt, like – if they win this game, great. If they don't, no big deal. They go back to their cupcake, you know, ACC team. And I yeah. don't know. T- Tennessee definitely needs this, and I think needs this more, and I think they want it more, honestly. So we'll see. I'm I excited so. to see what the coach says about the noise. I bet After he'll say game. it's no big deal. Yeah, yeah. So we'll have to hear what he says about that. But do you have any uh, crazy predictions? Like, do you think we're going to – have like a pick six, score on special teams, anything like that. Get some safeties. Hmm. I don't know. I haven't thought about that. If do you have one? I think our wide receivers are going to have a big day, especially since Tyon Evans is possibly out. I think they've been throwing it a lot to prepare for this game, mm-hmm. and especially since the def- we've been talking about it all day. The defensive line, you know, they're supposed to be beasts. So. I think if they get into pass protection and kind of avoid the run game some, uh, I, I think they'll try and pass yeah. a lot more. But, you know, Hybel also likes to run the ball a lot, and, you know, Melton's still uncertain about a lot of things. So if our run game is good, um, you know, why pass it? So, yep. I agree. Yeah, I think, I think our receiver, I think Melton throws for, we'll say Milton throws for two touchdowns. I think he'll throw through two touchdowns, and I think we get at least – two sacks on this quarterback yeah it'd be good i'd take that yeah i would take that all day for sure i'd take so. it today yeah yeah I, I say milton throws for two and runs for one yeah get it get even crazier here on the rocky top times that's right that's what we're about yeah get wild but if you guys <laughs> are going to the game you know take a picture tag us on social media we'll We'll give y'all a shout out. That that's it's really cool to see everybody get involved in the Vol Nation community, and it's really cool to see pictures of the stadium for people that can't make it. You know, I have kids, so my Saturdays are usually booked at the baseball field or, you know, or something else. You know that kids do, but Dollywood. yeah, it's yeah Dollywood <laughs> birthday parties, but yeah, it's it's cool to see that. You know, cool to see the fans, and it just makes it that much more special around the fall time. So, how about this cold weather, man? It's finally coming. The high the other day was like eighty three, and I was in love. So the high for tomorrow is like seventy seven. That's gonna, oh, that's gonna be awesome, man. That's that's yep. perfect. You know, if you guys have a smoker, Chase and I, you know, we watch a lot of smoking videos and smoking, mm. you know, <laughs> barbecue and wings and everything, and. Uh, it's it's perfect smoking weather. I like it a little bit cold. It's hard for mm. me to eat barbecue when it's like 105 degrees yeah. outside, and yeah. you know, it's hard for me to open up it's that smoker and full. it's even yeah, and it's even hotter in there. And I'm just like, God, yeah. I just want some sweet tea. I don't want to eat this hot barbecue. It's <laughs> 95 outside, so yeah, I'm pretty pumped about it though. So, well, man, 
you have any closing thoughts anything else we want to touch on before we wrap this thing up no i'm good i believe we're uh hopefully it's a good weekend for us all and we can uh, come back happy whenever we record you know maybe saturday night sunday hopefully we'll be in a better mood <laughs> oh god that, that, guys i told chase like whenever we started this podcast i was like the only bad thing about this podcast is when we get absolutely embarrassed or have these heartbreaking losses I try to just get over it. Now we got to talk about the stats. Now we got to talk about it. <laughs> we got to talk about it, which is fine. I, I love it now. But, yeah, I, I, the older I get, the more I try not to let these <laughs> Tennessee football games get to me. <laughs> I wish I could say it's working out better than that. but It's not. But yeah, guys, well, be sure to check out the game. Let us know if you guys were there. And you know, also follow us, out, follow us on Twitter and check us out on social media. Our Twitter name is Rocky Top Times 98. Follow us on Facebook, Rocky Top Times. That's going to do it for this episode. My name is Sean. My name is Chase. As always, go, go balls. balls.